Welcome to Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Here's your host, Laura Turner. Hello and welcome to another special edition of Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. I'm Laura Turner. Our guest tonight will inspire you. By day, she's the Chief Executive of the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors, which represent some one trillion of our super funds under management. But by night, or outside of that role, she's a woman who has drawn on a deep personal loss, the death of her mother to inspire one of Australia's most successful charity events. In its 24 years, the charity has raised a staggering $38 million for the National Breast Cancer Foundation and encouraged tens of thousands of people around the nation to throw on their running shoes and clock up a few kilometres for the Mother's Day Classic, which of course is on Mother's Day. It is my pleasure to welcome Louise Davidson to Great Australian Lives. How are you, Louise? I'm very well and it's lovely to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. This is such a well-known and loved event. Um, first of all, how many Ks do you reckon you've clocked up over the years, Louise? <laughs> well, for for quite a long time, I was too busy on the day to be able to run. But uh, but nowadays, I, I can participate, mm. but I'm afraid my running days are behind me. Mm. I walk it now. Mm. But that is, that's the point. Even if, you know, the founder isn't running but walking, that's the point, isn't it? You just, you just take part. Lots of our participants walk, actually. It's, I think it's about, uh, about 50-50 or maybe 60% who run, uh, who walk rather than run. Mm. I've seen, um, well, first of all, let's for those listening who aren't familiar with the Mother's Day Classic, I can't imagine that there would be that many. I mean, it is such a well-known event, um, and it is the biggest charity front run in Australia. Um, this year, though, post-COVID, everything's post-COVID, um, we've got to do it a bit differently, don't we? Yeah, so we're sort of just emerging from our COVID cocoon, aren't we, at the moment? Mm. And uh, <laughs> we're very lucky, actually, in Australia to be even able to contemplate doing what we're doing uh, on Mother's Day. But this year, rather than big uh, mass participation events, we're going local. So we're saying to people, get your friends and family, walk somewhere, walk or run somewhere near where you live. You can do it on Mother's Day or before Mother's Day or even after Mother's Day, if you prefer. And then we've got some... Mother's Day classic local events, which are, you know, where people, several hundred people might come together and, uh, you know, do the event um, in in concert. So uh, you can have a look at those. If there's one near you, you can jump on one of those. But otherwise, just get people together and, and go and have a lovely walk or run. That's beautiful. And, and in terms of raising money, um, do we just donate or are runners sponsored? How does that work? Lots of our participants do get uh, set up a fundraising page and they ask people to sponsor them online, And uh, but people can also just make a donation on our website if they prefer to do that. Um, now, let's go back, what, 25 years um, and... You well, tell us about what industry superannuation looks like. We, in that intro, uh, the listeners would have heard, we talked about that um, big, long title that you have. Um, uh, for those large female memberships, um, what were you noticing at the time back 25 years ago? Because that's where it started, wasn't it? Yeah, so, uh, you know, breast cancer gets a lot of publicity these days. But at that time, it was uh, much more of a silent disease. And in fact, you know, people of our uh, you know, my grandparents' generation never mentioned breast cancer because it inc- included the word breast, mm, which was something that people didn't say mm. in public. But uh, what we were noticing was that there were a lot of women who were 
saving for retirement through superannuation funds that we were working with, but they weren't actually getting to enjoy that retirement because they were dying from breast cancer. Wow. It's a disease that affects so many women that, of course, it was affecting all of these superannuants as well. Wow. So that was the initial inspiration? Yeah, so a, a colleague, a very dear friend of mine actually, colleague and mentor, Mavis Robertson, saw a similar event taking place in the US and she actually got onto a bus um, just after the event had finished and she sat next to someone who'd been in the event who explained what they were doing and why they were walking and running for breast cancer research. And Mavis knew that my mother had died of breast cancer and so she came back to me and said, let's do this here. And so through our networks in the superannuation industry with lots of women in the superannuation industry, we, we set about uh, set, setting up a similar event here. And I should just add, it was quite comical in a way because none of us had ever ever done a fun run before. <laughs> I, I was not a runner at that time and I had never, we didn't even know that you needed to actually accurately me- measure the course, for example. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw any measurement on it, that's fine. Yep, as long it's as about you... four k's. <laughs> <laughs> that, and I was going to ask, that must have, well, first of all, with Mabus, I mean, she. I've heard you talk about her before. She was an incredible woman. Um, was it intimidating for you to, to sort of work with her at that time? Yeah, so so when Mavis came back and suggested to me that we should do this, it wasn't really an option she was offering. When Mavis <laughs> had an idea, it was something that you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that lucky? Because it is such uh, an iconic event now. Um, and as you said, you didn't even know then whether you need to measure the course. I mean, how does a group of people who've never done anything like this even set about doing it? Yes, well, it was uh, largely through... Partly through luck, partly through goodwill, and we found people who could advise us. You know, we found people who actually had some expertise in doing these things, and they were very supportive and helpful in those early years. And your friendship with Mavis was obviously growing um, over that time, um, and she was was she um, influencing your your role in the superannuation industry as well? Yeah, she was a great mentor to me, and she was someone who. Uh, she was a very strong woman. She'd been uh, a leader in the women's movement in the 1970s and she really believed that women should uh, really have a go and be given opportunities. And she, I suppose you'd say she was a sponsor of me. You know, she really sponsored me. She would say to me, you should try and do this, mm. whatever it might be, and uh, and support me in doing it, which was fabulous. As you said, she was quite fierce. And um, <laughs> so when I was younger, because uh, I was probably only in my uh, late 20s at this time, uh, she she was a little bit scary. But um, over the years, I got to know her very well and we became great mates. Isn't that beautiful? And and I mentioned earlier that she is the late Mavis Robertson. Um, her passing must have been really difficult for you. Yes, it was very sad for me. Uh, and I miss her still. But um, I know she'd be very, very proud of what we're doing with the Mother's Day Classic and uh, and in the superannuation industry, the work that I do with the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors, which she was also very passionate about. Um, and you, you talked, your mother um, passed away from breast cancer after a two-year battle and you supported her through that time, which which I know you've, you've spoken about at length before. Um, those memories I mean, they would be bittersweet that time, those final, you know, years and months with your mum, who was, would have been struggling physically. Yeah, so unfortunately my mum's breast cancer was quite advanced when it was diagnosed and she was 
when I think about it now, quite shockingly young. She was only 52 when mm. she died. Wow. I was her main carer during her illness and so I, I would go, you know, to doctor's appointments, et cetera, with her and I saw firsthand the impact that breast cancer has both on my mum but also on her circle of friends and family. You know, it's a very far-reaching and can be a devastating disease. Mm. Uh, and so, yes, so that, that was a very sad time, although I, I think, and actually I think she would be very proud to see what we've done with the Mother's Day Classic because one of the things about the Mother's Day Classic, I mentioned before that there wasn't that much focus on breast cancer in those days, and actually there was hardly any funding going specifically into breast cancer. So one of our motivations was really to activate women, to get women to come out and raise money for a disease that was impacting so many women. Hmm. And that is exactly what you have done. Um, and I think it is a well-known fact, but let's talk about the fact that since then, um, you mentioned you know, back then talking about such a disease as it was taboo. Women of that generation, or your generation even, wouldn't talk about it because it involved the breasts. Um, but since then, we have seen a change, haven't we? It is such a well-known disease now. Yes, yeah, so it's been fantastic to see, I think, the greater emphasis on uh, uh, awareness of breast cancer. You know, I mean, one of the things that the Mother's Day Classic has done that I'm really proud of is raise people's awareness focus people on making sure they know what is normal, what's what you know, what's normal for them, when should they go and get checked, all of those sort of issues. And in fact I've had people come to me after the um, Mother's Day Classic number of times and say, We did the Mother's Day Classic and that prompted my wife to get a lump checked that she'd been worrying about and she has breast cancer but they've caught it early. Hmm. You know, so if we've saved a few lives like that, mm. I'm very proud to have done that. Yeah, and and, you know, I think it's as you say, people have come to you and said that, so you have, and, and what an achievement to know that you started out um, with a dream and it's, it's, it's saved lives. I mean, you must be so proud of yourself with what you've achieved. Well, it's been a very much a team effort, I have to say, and it's not something that I've done on my own and I'm very proud of what we've achieved, but it has definitely been uh, something that I've worked with lots of other people to achieve this, so I wouldn't want to take all of the credit for it. Do you believe in what they what they call the Kylie effect when we see, you know, big celebrities suffer from these very human illnesses? Yeah, I think that does help to focus attention. Uh, sometimes, not the Kylie incident, but there have been some incidents where um, a celebrity taking a particular action when they've been diagnosed can create herd effect in, in people wanting to copy that and it's not necessarily right for each individual. So right. you have to be really careful to make sure that you take the advice of a doctor, you know, work with a yes. trusted doctor and yes. make sure that you follow their advice, I think. Although always good to question things and put your own views forward. Yes. Did you, when when Kylie had her diagnosis, did, did you see before you that, that um, you know, just explosion in people getting checked? Yeah, there was a big increase in people getting checked, but also a big increase in interest in the disease. Mm. And I think that, you know, that flowed on to the Mother's Day Classic in that year. Uh, there was more fundraising activity. There? there were more participants and mm. so on. There must be, I mean, I've not suffered it, um, but I could imagine being a female, it must be particularly personal uh, for, for a woman to suffer from that disease. I mean, breasts are so um, personal to women, to feel sort of almost let down by 
them, um, I could imagine, would add another layer to the suffering. Am I right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, the other thing is that, you know, our fo- our society focuses a lot on breasts, right, mm-hmm. you know, and they're meant to look beautiful and mm. not have scars. Yeah. Uh, and so I think for women having breast surgery, that and some women, of course, have to have um, both breasts removed yeah. if they've got extensive breast cancer or at risk of extensive breast cancer, you know, so there are some real challenges around uh then learning to live with your new physical self. It can mm. be quite quite a big change for people. Absolutely. This is Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Tobin Brothers offer a range of very practical solutions to help you plan a funeral and pay tribute to your loved one. For more information, visit tobinbrothers.com.au and more with co-founder of the Mother's Day Classic, Louise Davidson, in just a moment. You're listening to Great Australian Lives with Laura Turner for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Welcome back to Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. I'm Laura Turner and our guest tonight is Louise Davidson, CEO of Australian Council of Superannuation and co-founder and current chair of the Mother's Day Classic, the largest single event fundraiser for the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Louise, we talked uh, in the last segment about how the Mother's Day Classic came to fruition and you talked about uh, one of your mentors having uh, a great influence on you and how she was a bit a part of that women's movement in the 70s. But I know that you or and your mum were a part of that too, weren't you? You you had an early life that was heavily influenced by activism. Am I right? Yeah, so my mum was uh, very much involved in the 1970s women's movement and some of my earliest memories actually are of going to um, women's liberation, as it was called then, yep. women's liberation marches with my parents because my dad would go too. In those days, the men, How the men were that? on board too. Yeah, and we would march, you know, in favour of equal pay and uh, women's right to control their bodies and all of those things. I was just a little tacker at the time, but I, I do have strong memories of that. What a wonderful influence on a child to see their parents, your parents, taking a part in, you know, helping women and, and changing the world. Yeah, and I think it did have a lasting effect on me because I am a bit of a an organizer. I yep. like I like to organize. I like to I'd like to make change in yep. the world. And so yeah. I think both Mother's Day Classic and the the other work that I do is is about um, really you know trying to make progress and make change in various areas. They are very good parents to instill that in you. Um, now I understand you weren't actually born in Australia, were you? You were born in the UK. Yes, I was born in the UK. My parents were just living there because my dad was a professor of biochemistry and he was on sabbatical leave right. in Cambridge. So I came back here when I was still uh, just a babe in arms. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, uh, and so funnily enough, though, people are always really interested. I don't know why it's such an interest for people in that you've been born in the UK. Maybe it's because you had that elusive right to work in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but your parents were Australians working in yeah, the UK. That's and right, and yes. they brought you home um, to the suburbs of Melbourne. What do you remember of those days, a little Louise growing up in little Melbourne Louise, suburbs? Well, I remember, I mean, one of the things I remember about my parents is that they were great entertainers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is the 70s, so they would have friends around. My brother and I, he was he's a bit younger than me, we were always invited to join, you know, sit at the dinner table and my parents would make these fantastic meals. Um, and, you know, if we got tired, we'd just go to sleep under the table. 
<laughs> what a life. And yes. you would remember some great debates going on over your head. There were a lot of debates. There were a lot of debates. There was debates about, you know, the state of the world, about politics, about women's rights, all sorts of interesting things going on. It was quite an intellectual kind of environment. Do you remember specifically any of those debates or conversations? It always fascinates me going back in time to what was exactly was being talked about at that moment. Well, I remember, for example, um, you know, uh, it was the time of the Whitlam government. Yep. You know, so yeah, I remember, wow. a lot I of remember there yeah. was, you know, big debate about Whitlam sacking and all mm. of those events mm. uh, unfolding around us. And, yes. you know, my, I remember my parents being glued to the television, watching yep. Gough Whitlam give his speech yeah, uh, on the speech. steps yep. of Parliament House uh, after he'd been dismissed. It was all, it was a pretty exciting time in Australian politics. Yeah, a time to get to get interested in it. Did you, um, as a little kid, did you um, like the fact that you were being included in adult conversations? I just, I guess I didn't know any different. So Yeah, yeah, yeah it felt normal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we used to do, uh, I mean, we used to do uh, a lot of camping when I was a kid too, which... Um, which was quite funny because for some reason I I got this idea in my mind that when I grew up I wanted to be a botanist specialising oh, beautiful. in beautiful mushrooms and toadstools. Which, really? Yeah, obviously not something. Where does that's that come, come from? from? <laughs> I don't know. Mushrooms and toadstools yes. are pretty fascinating. Um, what do you call them? Plants, fungi, fungi. <laughs> yeah. Although I never know which ones are safe to touch. You should. So never I just eat, get rid of them all. Never eat one. <laughs> yeah. I often see them in the garden. and I just get rid of them all because I don't. I don't know what the dog or the children are supposed to go near. <laughs> now, did you? You mentioned you had a sibling at the time. Yes, I've got a brother. One yes. brother. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a few years younger than me. Yep. And was he? Um, did he have an interest in botany, or what was he? No, um, <laughs> what was he, he thinking about? My brother's an architect, and um, he's been a fabulous supporter of the Mother's Day Classic. Of course, you know. I mean, we both uh, walk or run. He's more of a runner than me. Yeah. Run in in memory of our of our mum. Of course. Yeah. So it's yeah. always it's quite an emotional day for us. Ah, oh, can imagine. Um, and did your parents encourage you to to do the same as them, or what? Where did they want you to head in life? No, they didn't. Uh, they were very much of the view that we should make up our own minds. Um, I remember, you know, in the optimism of women's rights in the 1970s, my mum saying to me, you know, you could be the first woman Prime Minister of Australia. Wow. <laughs> I decided that wasn't really going to be a path for me. Yeah. <laughs> now, just on that, I mean, um, I, I was at the Women's March, Trump got elected in Washington, D.C., and I was at the Women's March um, in Melbourne just a, a month or two ago, um, both times for work, but both times I found enormously moving and enormously uh, impactful uh, and and really significant days in in the calendar of history. Um, Do you you find it frustrating, because I certainly do, that we're still even having to do that? Yeah, it was funny. I actually went to the Melbourne March with my oldest daughter, who's actually named after my mum. Oh, I love it. And it was sort of a funny little circle, you know, having gone on marches with my mum. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's look, it's really disappointing to see uh, that these issues are still issues. Mm-hmm. And my daughter said to me, she's 20, 20 she said to me, oh, oh, gee, mum, it's really lovely to see all these older women here. Because I think she was sort of associating this as being a younger woman's issue, mm-hmm. you know, with the rape and sexual mm-hmm. harassment stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, darling, all these older women here, they're sick of it. They've yeah. been marching for yeah, years they're more and tired years. than you are. That's right, yeah. And it is sad to see that um, the same issues uh, are going around and around. I remember the, the day in Melbourne um, I was with work, so we got there really early and we were standing down the bottom of the gardens 
sort of getting our camera ready and all this. Um, but just at one point, standing up and looking around and all of a sudden seeing thousands and thousands of women descending down the hill because we didn't know how big it was going to be if it anyone would turn up. It was very emotional, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was just waves and waves of women and men, but young and old. It was quite uh, a significant... I really think pivotal moment. In, yeah, I remember arriving Australian with my history. daughter Kay, yeah. and we were just uh, wow! Look at all these people. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't. Uh, you know, the, the road was full of yes. people crossing. You yeah. couldn't get there. It was yeah, fantastic. It, we, yeah, it was beautiful in a way too, wasn't it? Now, did you love school? I yeah, feel I like did you love would school, have. Actually, yeah. I did love school. <laughs> yeah, I went to a my secondary school. There's a school called oh, you went Press to Press Hill. Hill. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a mover and shaker of the day, it wasn't was, it? It was a um, a progressive school. <laughs> we we used to call ourselves, and uh, no, no a lot of people thought that we and... spent a lot of time sitting up trees, not doing any work, hugging them. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, and it was pretty radical at the time because we didn't wear a uniform. We just, mm. you know, we called the teachers by their first name. But How dare um, you? <laughs> I know, yes. Which actually is so common these yes, days. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it was a great experience and I think it really set me up for, it was very much about um, child-driven investigation and learning mm. and I think that really set me up for my future because it was about being motivated by what you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you ended up at Melbourne University, which is a, is a great achievement in itself, doing an arts degree, majoring in politics and literature. So you took a little bit of the inspiration of mum to be um, first female prime minister, didn't you? <laughs> um, uh, did you love that time? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, it's funny because I've, my, I've got twins who are um, at uni at the moment uh, they've just started both of them at Melbourne Uni this year, and wow. I tell you what, they're working a lot harder than I did. Are they? Wow. <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah, I have twins. I can only hope that they end up at university. At the moment, <laughs> they're leading me to believe they'll end up in jail, but I'm hoping for university. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> um, the the job that you're doing now didn't exist when you were at university, though, did it? No, and I, I I mean this is the thing, right? In fact, in the car on the way here, I was listening to radio. And someone was saying that most people now leaving school and going to work will have six different careers, which is sounds like a lot. Mm. But it is different now, isn't it? Like there's not that kind of linearity yeah. of career, yes. no job for life anymore. Um, and so uh, I, I think it's it's really interesting to think about the changes in the employment patterns. And my, my work has really been not that linear path. You know, I have had a few different careers, so mm. which keeps things interesting, I guess. Absolutely. Keeps many layers to Louise Davidson. This is Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. And of course, Tobin Brothers are great advocates for saying it now. So if you're experiencing breast cancer or even think maybe it's time to go and get checked, talk about it with your friends and of course your healthcare professionals. We'll be back in just a moment with Louise Davidson. Welcome back to Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives. I'm Laura Turner. Our guest tonight is Louise Davidson, CEO of Australian Council of Superannuation and co-founder and current chair of the wonderful and incredible iconic Mother's Day classic, which in 24 years has raised some $38 million for vital breast cancer research. Of course, it is on again in a week's time, so get on board. Put your running or walking shoes on. 
get the donations coming, get the sponsors and help raise money for this incredible cause and, of course, save the lives of our mothers, sisters, aunties, nieces around Australia. Now, Louise Davidson is with me now. Uh, now, I want to I learn about this other side to you, Louise. The Australian Council of Superannuation Investors represents, as I said in the intro to this show, $1 trillion of, I sound like Dr. Evil, $1 trillion of funds under management by Australian super funds. Um, how do you explain what you do? Because to me, that is just so many... <laughs> It's a lot of money, isn't it? A lot of money and words. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have any access to that money. Nah, get out. <laughs> so uh, our our members are big super funds, big industry super funds. Mm. Uh, probably a lot of your listeners are members of them. And on behalf of those super funds, our job is to work with big companies in Australia to improve the way they approach environmental, social and governance issues. What? So... Maybe I'll, I'll give you an example yep. to make it more concrete. Yes. One of the things that we're working on at the moment with big companies is climate change mm-hmm. and how how are they going to transition to a low-carbon economy? What um, And I don't want to sound cynical, but what is in it for them to have you work with them to do that? Our, our members own uh, a lot of those companies. So mm-hmm. our members own about 10% of most of those big companies. Mm-hmm. So they're significant shareholding. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so... The companies um, are keen to understand what their shareholders want, want mm. and uh, to work with their shareholders because, you know, they've got an ownership right. Yes. And are you the person giving them that information as to what their shareholders want? Yeah. Well, I've got a team of people, but yeah. yes, that's yes, what we do. Of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So right. we meet with the companies uh, and usually with the chair of the company or the directors of the company, and we talk about a lot of these issues talk about how we see their travelling, try to understand from them what their plans are and, you know, where, where they where they see it heading. And what do, other than, um, you know, climate change, what else, what is the, the feedback from shareholders? I find that really interesting. Yeah, so shareholders, like. essentially our members, mm-hmm. uh, are long-term investors. Mm-hmm. So for them, they uh, they want to make sure that companies are well uh, well placed to be good, long-term, sustainable investments. Right. So... They want to make sure that they're not just making a quick buck out of something now that mm. later down the track is not going to, uh, you know, might come back mm-hmm. to bite them. Mm. Um, and so there's all sorts of examples of that sort of short-term approach that can then lead to less what is one? terrific investment outcomes. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, you know, so let me think. What's a good example? Uh, let's think about... Last year, you might recall, AMP promoted um, a particular employee to be CEO of their yes their yep. investment business, AMP Capital, mm-hmm. uh, and they promoted this guy, and he had a history of sexual harassment mm-hmm. within the organisation. Mm. But the board decided that that was not really a problem because they thought he'd served his time, right. he'd had a bonus, penal, you know, pe- been penalised. Mm-hmm. But actually. Uh, Australian community and investors didn't think that that was an appropriate way to behave because yes. there was a view that if you keep promoting people who've been sexual harassers yes. and yes. the person who's been harassed leaves yes. the company, then that's not really building a great culture internally. Yeah, okay. So, so that's an example. Decisions like that. Yeah. Sorry? Decisions like that. Yeah, so decisions like that, which then lost them a lot of money in terms yes. of their share price. Well, they are in trouble at the moment, aren't they? I was just reading about... 
about them the other day, actually, in terms of their share price. Um, and in terms of, so I'm guessing here, but it would be climate change, gender diversity, um, the pay that we see executives receive. Um, are they the main issues that you're dealing with? Yeah, they're some of the big issues that we deal with. And then there are sort of the reactions to things. So the AMP one I just told you about. The other one would be uh, Rio Tinto, where last year, you might recall, they blew up mm. um incredibly important cultural caves, mm. uh, which were a piece of Australia's heritage, you know, mm. gone. Mm. So those sorts of issues we deal with as well. Would you see that incidence as another AMP type? Yeah, it's another example that's... of a company doing something uh, which in the short term seemed good, but actually mm. it's cost them hugely as a result. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have seen that already, haven't we? Um over the years, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, you must have seen the list of concerns to drastically change. Uh, have you, or am I wrong in saying that? Most of the issues are quite a slow burn. Right. So we've been talking to companies about climate change, for example, for many years now. Are they uh, listening? <laughs> uh, well, some of them are listening, yeah. and some Australian companies have done some terrific work on climate yes. change. But it's a big issue, you know. Yeah. Globally, we're yes. moving to a carbon-constrained world, whether yes. Australia likes it or not. Yes. And our big companies are global players, so yes. they're going to have to be on board with that. Yeah. It's, um, it's fascinating, isn't and it? And we really do this in order to protect the investment value in companies. It's all about investment risk, really, for our mm. members. And how um, can someone who might be listening choose a more ethical super option? How do you? Where do you go to, do, to, to even find that out? And oh, look, I think out? it's just a matter of going to the websites of super funds. It doesn't have to be labelled ethical. You know, what we're doing is about making sure that uh, investment returns are protected uh, and um, at the same time, I think that makes the world a better place. So there's a win-win. I've got to be really honest here. I'm one of those people, I don't know why it is, it's like I'm allergic to understanding my superannuation. When And I'm not joking. When I get, when I see the envelope come in the letterbox, it says super on it, whatever the fund is, I literally walk over to the rubbish bin and put it in there and shut the lid. You're there not is alone. something in my brain that goes, oh my God, too hard. There is too much detail in that. Goodbye. I don't want to know. And that's terrible because that's when I get old, I'm going to kick myself. Well, you're going to kick yourself if you're not in a good fund. Yeah. That's true. But I wouldn't even know. This is my problem. I wouldn't know. I don't even know what fund I am in. So I, I can't give you financial advice, but my my, my suggestion <laughs> Can would you let be... me in on the trillion dollars or whatever we are talking about before? <laughs> my suggestion would be that you... That you work out whether you're in a good fund. Okay. And if you are, it doesn't matter if you set and forget because okay. you don't actually need to be yeah. making active decisions on a regular basis. how do you believe what you read? How do you know if you're in a good fund or if it's just them telling you you are? Well, you're going to have to make a bit of judgment about that. But there are all sorts of league tables that you can refer to. I mean, APRA, the regulator, yeah. puts out league tables. So you can start oh, yeah. there. Yep. Okay. Well, for all those listening who are like me and allergic to to reading things in such detail, when it comes, I can read for work. I can read things in detail, but when it comes to me, I just go, "Oh my god, ah, bye bye." It's very thing. common. Yeah, is it? <laughs> yes, it's very common. Do, do super funds know this? Do they need to make their envelopes in the mail maybe like have 
glitter or flowers or something on them that says, open me, please, don't throw me in the rubbish bin. Well, maybe, Are they aware? Well, maybe I'll take those suggestions back, glitter, glitter and flowers. But, um, <laughs> no, well, no. Glitter actually, I think, is is actually small plastic, so it's yeah, It's not, very bad it's for no-no. the environment, <laughs> absolutely, and, you know, no one wants that in their house. But I, I and I, I could be the only person, but I feel like there is a generation or, or, or you know, an age group of people that need to be far better informed. <laughs> Can I also say... Super is an issue that too many women ignore. Yeah. And women also often do quite badly out of super because of the years that they might take out of the workforce or working part time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little bit of attention might take you a long way. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrate. Did you see how I just jumped to a break there? Celebrating <laughs> lives. And in these challenging times, Tobin Brothers offer a range of very practical solutions. And of course, they are great supporters of speaking out, saying it now, as Tobin Brothers would say, if you have a concern uh, with breast cancer or you suspect there's a lump, speak to your healthcare professional. And up next, we'll wrap things up with Louise Davidson. You're listening to Great Australian Lives with Laura Turner for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Welcome back to Great Australian Lives for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. I'm Laura Turner. Our guest tonight is Louise Davidson, named Victorian Local Hero in the Australian of the Year Awards in 2019 and a member of the Order of Australia for significant service to the superannuation and funds management sectors and to breast cancer research and one of the driving forces behind the Mother's Day Classic. The Mother's Day Classic, which of course is on in just a week's time, so get involved. It has been a part of our lives for 24 years. Louise, you've got daughters. How have they been involved? Well, Mother's Day Classic started before my daughters were born. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they're now, I've got twins who are 18 and a 20 year old. And, uh, that's all they've known of Mother's Day. So when when my girls were little and everyone would make Mother's Day cards at, at school or at creche or whatever it might be. <laughs> they were out fundraising. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. they, they, would, they would just make a happy Mother's Day classic card because that's just what they thought Mother's Day was. It was Mother's Day classic. <laughs> Shaking tins in the classroom. Yeah. Come on, guys. Well, they have all done a, their share of fundraising over the Good. years. It won't surprise you to hear. One, it, it, my twins were um, took on ambassadorships for um, yeah. Mother's Day Classic over Beautiful. the last few years. Good on them. How good's that though? I mean, there's Mother's Day and then there's Mother's Day, and and every year when when you when I turn on the TV or, or watch Channel Nine News, as I very lo- very loyally would, um, you always see the story on the Mother's Day Classic, and you always see those incredible um, pictures of either someone pushing someone else in a wheelchair or someone holding hands with their elderly mum or holding a sign saying in memory of. I mean, it is, as you mentioned earlier in the show, such an emotional day because it is so personal. It is. It's very personal. And one of the things I actually love about the Mother's Day Classic, I mean, it's raised a lot of money for breast cancer research and that is fantastic. But one of the things I love about it is the community it has created. Yeah. I've known people, you know, who've lost their mum when they've been quite young to breast cancer, you know, young kids. And Mother's Day was a pretty bleak time for them mm. without Mother's Day Classic, you know. And so then it gives them 
a purpose, you know, yes. a way of using their grief for purpose, which yes. I think is really important. I never thought of that. That's a really, on the day that could be really sad and isolating, it's actually, there's, there's a positive thing to go and do. That's yeah, beautiful. that's right. In terms of the money that it has raised for research, have you seen um, leaps and bounds in scientific findings and things that, that you could, I guess, correlate in a way to the money you've raised? Yeah, so, I mean, since the event raised, the five-year survival rate has gone from um, 76% to 91%, Wow, which is fantastic. Wow. But if I speak more personally, so uh, about six years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer myself. And so, as I said before, I had worked with my mum, you know, supported my mum through her breast cancer. So I knew what everything was like then. Mm. And then when I had my own breast cancer experience, so much had changed. Mm. It was, um, you know, the diagnostics had changed, the surgical techniques had changed, all sorts of treatments, the chemotherapies, the radiotherapies, it had all changed quite dramatically. In fact, I used to joke that the only thing that hadn't changed was the, the hospital carpet. All the food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, I, I saw firsthand what a huge change there had been. And, uh, and it, it's just so fantastic to see that there has been that change. But it's still a, such a common disease. I mean, even in the last six months, two of my good friends have been diagnosed, you know, women who are in their late 40s or early 50s. Uh, and it's just something that we've, you know, we've, so we've got a long way to go still, really got a long way to go. I think it's fair to say that, that most women know about if you feel a lump in your breast that, that's abnormal, you know, go and get it checked out. But is there anything else, any other telltale signs that you should be suspicious of? Yeah, there's there's other changes that can happen uh, at which I probably shouldn't talk too much detail about because I'm not right. on top of yes. the latest advice yeah. on that. But basically, any change is worth checking out. So if you notice a, like a not just a lump, but a thickening in your breast or a change in the way the nipple looks, discharge from nipples, things like that. It's worth getting that checked out. And um, uh, I think, you know, there are lots of resources online that you can check out uh, to get mm. some guidance on exactly what you should be looking for. Mm. Uh, I was lucky in my case. I was um, having regular checks, annual checks, because of my mum's um, history. Yeah. But because uh, I didn't feel my lump. Right. A doctor has, or yeah, a test. Yeah, it was through, has... you know, ultrasound and mammogram. Wow. And also I know a lot of people put off getting their mammogram because people think it's going to be painful and mm. it's, you know, it's not that bad. It's, it's, mm. a, it's about a five-minute discomfort mm. and um, it, it can save a huge amount of pain and discomfort. Well, without sounding too preachy, if, if, you, if you compare five minutes of discomfort to losing your life, I Correct. think it's, you know, there's the perspective, isn't it? Um, Louise, now we know, of course, the Mother's Day Classic is coming up and this is the big day for you. Um, if anyone is listening, how do they get involved? So there's a few things people can do. If they want to register, that is fantastic and they can jump online. Probably tonight or tomorrow is a good time to do that. Um, they can jump online, which is at mothersdayclassic.com.au. They can register for uh, one of the local events or they can register just to do it in their own local area if they prefer. Uh, there's also lots and lots of content online that people can access, you know, fitness classes and things like that. You can track all your activities and lots of fun things to do. The other thing that they can do if they don't want to commit to actually doing the walk or the run, 
they can uh, they can donate or they can sponsor someone that they know who's doing the event. Beautiful. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Louise Davison. If you're listening, of course, as she mentioned, mothersdayclassic.com.au. Louise Davidson, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you've enjoyed our chat with Louise Davidson and you'd like to share it with a friend, subscribe to the Great Australian Lives podcast. And of course, join me the same time next week when we celebrate another great Australian life. Brought to you, of course, by Tobin Brothers. You're listening to Great Australian Lives with With Laura Turner Turner for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives.